God, thank you so much for who you are, Lord. Thank you that you are on the throne, Jesus. Lord, thank you that we get to take part in all that you're doing. That you don't exclude us, but you include us. So, Father, would you open our ears tonight and uh, take away anything that's not of you, Lord, and uh, would you help us to focus on your word. Amen. Amen. Great. Wonderful to see you. Do you like the new layout? Yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't it? Cozy. Um, Guys, we are at the end of our uh, three-week mini-series on joy. How are we feeling? Joyful? Tired? Expectant? Who knows? Okay. But we're on our third week of our series on joy. So I'm going to do a super quick recap. If you haven't been here, um, you can also catch up on our live streams online and on our YouTube channel. Um, But we've been looking at how joy is rooted in the past. It's it's rooted in the past, in um, examples of God's faithfulness uh, in our own lives, but also throughout the, the Bible in the scriptures. So joy is rooted in the past and it's also connected to the future, the future hope that we have in God's glory, in his kingdom coming, where there will be no pain, no suffering, no death, where everything will be made new and it will be good. It'll be more than good. It'll be amazing. So joy is rooted in the past and it's connected to the future. So today we're looking at how it's experienced in the present, the now. We're in the now. So uh, hold on to your seats. We're looking at how it's experienced in the now. Possibly this could be uh, one of the trickiest of the three uh, sections because uh, it's kind of uh, anticipating that we can hold on to joy, but what if we're not feeling very joyful? What if actually our experience right now is quite the opposite? What if we're experiencing some quite serious struggles or, or hardships? And then I'm saying that you can experience joy now? Really? Is that true? Maybe it feels like that's the last thing you want to wear wear right now. Well, I want to tell you, don't switch off. Because if you are in that place where you're really not feeling joyful, where you're actually experiencing some quite tricky stuff right now, actually, I want to say to you that the biblical understanding of joy is that it embraces struggles. It embraces hardships. And so we can bring all of those things to the table tonight. Okay? So it's for you. It's for all of us experiencing joy now. Bring all of what is going on in your heart and your head right now to the table as we explore how we can experience it now. Okay, I've got a little uh, story for you. If you know me, you may know that I I quite like the idea of being an outdoorsy person. I, I think I'm quite an outdoorsy person, although... Joe exposed the fact that I haven't been for a run in ages uh, recently. It made me feel really guilty. <laughs> it's true, I haven't been for a run in ages. But I quite like the outdoors. I like the idea of uh, climbing a tree, going rock climbing, maybe climbing a hill once or twice. 
anyone else like the idea of being outdoorsy? Yeah? Oh, oh we've got some keen hands. Okay. Um, guys, when, when it gets really tough, when push comes to shove, um, I kind of get to a limit of how outdoorsy I am, I'm going to be honest. Um, and, and sometimes it can become quite a different story uh, where I'm all, yes, all up for it keen until I reach my peak. Uh, so that's me. And if any of you know John, who's also been doing this series, I happen to be married to him. Um, he's quite an outdoorsy person as well. And if any of you have had a conversation with him about maybe enjoying climbing hills or mountains, uh, then you might realise that he is really, really keen on that. And he'll probably threaten to take you on an expedition up a mountain. Um, so be careful if you ever talk to John about climbing mountains. It could well happen. Um, so when I was getting to know John... That is kind of how one of my, our conversations went. And I'm going to dialogue a little bit for you. So um, imagine, here's John, this is me. Um, and it went a bit like this. Oh, hey, John, you, you like climbing up hills. Cool. Um, hey, me too. Great. And John's like, great, there's this hill that uh, I know about. And it's quite a fun hike. Um, hey, we should go. It's a really bad John voice, but there we go. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. How hard is it? And he's like, oh, it's, it's all right. Um, I've done it loads of times. I've even done it in the snow. It's great. I could do it with my eyes closed. I, I reckon you'll be fine, he says. Um, and so I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Okay, if you say so. Um, cool. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Easy. Guys, it was not easy. <laughs> Um, Crib Goch, anyone knows about that in Wales? Yeah, Amelia. Um, possibly one of the hardest physical climbs that I have ever done in my life, I think. Um, we've got, let's just have the, the first image of what Crib Goch is. Um, not easy. We're talking about like rocks, knife edge ridges, um, the exposed to the elements. I don't even know how many feet tall it is, but it's very tall. And uh, there are some moments where I'm not even sure if there is a slope, it's just a drop. Um, this is what John decided to uh, take me up as our first little outing together. Great. Why am I still with him? Anyway, <laughs> it's great. It's <laughs> I love him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> he took me up this, this crazy mountain. And uh, the next slide you'll see, I'm not quite as uh, excitable as that last picture. Pretty much fearing for my life. And uh, my language towards John perhaps wasn't the most endearing. But there we go. Um, why am I telling you this story? When we're talking about experiencing joy, not fear. I was pretty much fearing. I was fearing, I'm going to be honest. I was told that it was going to be a, you know, a good climb, quite fun. There were going to be some awesome views. Yeah, there were. I was pretty scared. Now, we're going to look here at this, what we just heard in Philippians. Paul finds joy. He says he's rejoicing in the strangest of places and in the most unexpected circumstances. Okay, he's not hiking up a mountain, fair enough. But guys, Paul is in prison, which is 
probably one of the most unjoyful places you could possibly think of being, especially in that time. It was horrible. It was horrendous. It was hostile, uncomfortable, and probably even fatal. Not a nice place to be in. Possibly if I was in that situation, that would have been the point where I would have given up. I would have thrown the towel in. I would have just shut my mouth up in order to survive, maybe. I don't know. Would that have been you? Paul is here because he was caught preaching the gospel, proclaiming Jesus is Lord. And yet, it didn't stop him. He did not shut up his mouth. He finds himself rejoicing. He is overjoyed because of his chains. Because it was because of his chains that outside of prison, people are leaning on the Lord. And so their faith is increased. And so he's rejoicing in this really hostile place. In the midst of his suffering, he finds the joy of the Lord. Why? What is it? What is it about that? How, how can he capture that moment of joy in such a, a crazy environment? Well, we're going to have a look at some things here. And I want to highlight and suggest that he has a perspective. He has a perspective of his circumstances that put Christ at the center. And he trusts in the power of Christ above his own. And his mission is beyond himself. It's beyond himself because it's not his mission. It's God's mission. And it's God's power who's at work. And so God, who he gives control over to uh, in all of his circumstances, he says, in this place, God, I give you the glory. I hand this over to you. Uh, in Matthew 5, it says, even when people persecute you because of your faith, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Now that's a glimpse of the uh, rooting, uh, our joy being connected to the future because great is your reward in heaven. So let's look at those tools of past and future in perspective of this passage. Because Paul knows that, who, he knows who he is. Okay, he knows who he is. He has a past experience of encountering Jesus. Do you know the story of on the road to Damascus? He's, he's blind and then suddenly he sees Jesus on the road and he has a conversation with him. He's got that certain experience that Jesus is Lord and he is, he is there. It's real. And then he knows where he's going. His hope is in Christ coming again to restore all things. It says that in that passage. He's really sure and certain of that hope that he is holding on to. And so he knows that God is with him in the present because he's had a very real experience. And he is very sure of Christ coming again. And so he's sure that God is with him in the present, working out 
out of his circumstance, good, however tough. He's done it before, so he will do it again. Paul is not swayed. He's not swayed, even, even when uh, there are people outside of prison that are thinking, hey, this will be funny. If I start preaching the gospel in Paul's name, he's going to suffer even worse in prison. Out of selfish uh, ambition, these uh, preachers are preaching about Jesus despite Paul. And Paul's like, who cares? It's fine. Because I don't mind suffering because Jesus is being proclaimed outside. Do what you want. Jesus is being proclaimed. That will do. That's what the main goal is. That's what it's really about. The joke's on you. Paul is grounded in the joy of the Lord. The joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny and confirmed by their trust in his faithful promises. We do still experience real struggles, but it's that perspective. Okay, we've got uh, another slide of an anchor. I want you to uh, imagine with me what the purpose of an anchor is. It's uh, to keep a ship really steady, to prevent it veering off course when it's stationary, so it keeps that uh, trajectory. It even uh, helps it keep on the right keel through storms. Okay, I don't know much about ships, but I'm thinking that's kind of the general gist. If you're a ship expert, you can correct me about that. Uh, but this, the ship, basically, even though it's anchored, it still experiences the, the storms. It still experiences and is exposed to those crashing waves over the deck. But it is not overturned because it's anchored deep. Joy experienced in the present is like taking two anchors, one from the past faithfulnesses of God and one on that anchor of the future hope of God's glory to come. And it's like casting them out in the present, in the struggles that we find today, in the very real circumstances, casting them out and rooting them down so we know where we stand. These anchors inform our present perspective and they enable us to experience the joy of the Lord, to have that freedom, because we're not going to be swayed to or fro. Uh, back up the mountain, when willing myself to climb that crazy rocky knife edge ridge, I had to choose what perspective I was going to take. If I chose fear... I would either still be stuck up at that top of that mountain or I wouldn't have even left the valley if I chose fear. But instead, I had to take a risk. I had to take a risk to choose to trust in the truth of the past. And for me, that was uh, choosing to trust that uh, God... Wow, that was wrong. Choosing to trust that John had climbed uh, it before and he believed I could do it. And I'm a little bit competitive. So if someone says they think I can do it, I have to prove that. Um, so that was the uh, 
the truth of the past. He had done it before. And then I had to take the risk to choose to believe in the hope of the future. Now, he dangled the carrot stick in front of me and said, there's a really nice cafe at the top uh, where we can have lunch. And there are these incredible views. And you're going to feel so satisfied that you did it in the end. So those were my future hopes that I had to hold on to. I know it's very small in perspective of this experience of joy, but this is our analogy. And so these are the anchor points that I had to hold on to in the midst of that knife-edged ridge, the treacherous journey when it was really cloudy and I couldn't really see where I was going. I had to take that risk to trust and believe. Not only that, but in the moment, I was not alone. I had a guide, essentially, as annoying as sometimes he was hopping over far in the distance. I did have a guide with me. I had someone who surely knew where he was going. Okay, I'm not going to say that John is not Jesus. We're not going to go there. Um, But (laughs) I am going to go here. We have... We have the knowledge of God's faithfulness rooted in the past. And we have the certain hope of what God promises is to come in the future. Read the scriptures. It's there clear as day throughout. And Paul is so sure of it. And also, so there are our anchor points, but also Jesus has sent a guide for us. In the storms, in the now, right now, here and now, Jesus sends his Holy Spirit as our guide to sit with us through those storms. He knows our experiences. He feels them too. But also to guide us through, to take us through into that future hope. So it's not a given that we just trust and believe and therefore experience joy. There's something on our part to play to. We do have to take that risk. We have to take that step of, okay, I'm going to have that perspective. And we have the spirit to help us with that. It is a risk, especially when our circumstances might feel quite the opposite. But the biblical Understanding of joy embraces our current circumstances. It embraces loss, pain, and takes the risk to hope in God restoring all things. On that mountain, though it felt that at times it was impossible, uncertain, though I was pretty doubtful, when I remembered those anchor points, and the glimpses of how incredible, actually, at times, when the, when the cloud parted, the view was it amazing when I forgot what I was standing on. <laughs> there were those moments, those glimmers. You know, it's a little bit like, uh, I don't know if you were at the service this morning, Richard was talking about this kind of one foot in the like kingdomly, heavenly realm and one foot on earth, those things that we experience now, this is kind of what we're talking about here. We have the sort of the now, the experience, the struggle, 
But what we're doing when we put out those anchor points is choosing to put our foot on that kingdomly hope of the real presence of God, the kingdom here and now. That's what we're doing. So joy can be experienced today in the midst of the most strangest of circumstances. But because our perspective changes when we cast out those anchors, the past and the future, and when we take the risk to step out, to hope in God's restoring of all things, we kind of create this environment where, where joy erupts, joy is ready, where we may be ready to receive joy. We want to cultivate that environment where we're ready to receive joy. But we can't cultivate it on our own because the Spirit is here. The Spirit wants to give it to us wherever, uh, whatever we're experiencing. Guys, I'm, I'm coming to land. I just wanted to uh, finish by saying this, this kind of stepping out, this rooting ourselves and this choosing to take this risk. Our identity is not shaken in Christ. Our identity in Christ is not shaken. And our inheritance in the kingdom is not shaken. So therefore we can stand in the now, being sure that God is with us. And he is your guide. And he is your joy. And because he is worth working all things for good, so the risk is worth taking. Why not step out? Why not say, God, this circumstance is, bleh, is this. Come and be here in this moment. Remind me of who you are. Remind me of where we're going. Help me see that perspective out of this place. So our, our final points to just to think on. That he's in the present. So part, cast out your anchor points on the past and the future. And that the Holy Spirit is in our midst. So embrace your feelings, hold on to them, recognize what is going on. But let God be your guide, let the Spirit be your guide through so that we can take that risk to choose. Choose to live as if Jesus is true because we know for sure that he is real. And so let him give you that perspective that he is working out all things for good. Let's take that risk.